OTB Sports Rugby. What do you make of the Scott Robertson rumours uh, to replace Lancaster at Leinster? That's new, that's new to me. Um, I hear it and I like it. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Off the ball, daily. Welcome to Monday's Rugby Daily. My name is Richie McCormick, back after a week away in Morocco where nothing of consequence happened at all in the world of rugby. On the way, injury news and reaction from a weekend that was all over the map from the perspective of Irish sides in Europe. D-Day is approaching for Bernard Laporte in France and an important restructuring of the English Premiership is on the cards. But first, Jonathan Sexton and Tyke Furlong remain in contention for Leinster's Heineken Champions Cup visit of Gloucester to the RDS. Neither player was involved in Saturday's barnstorming 42-10 win away to Racing due to respective calf and ankle issues. However, both Sexton and Furlong have increased their training loads this week and final calls will be made on their availability prior to Friday night's game. Leinster scrum coach Robin McBride was before the media today and was asked to give his assessment of that win over Racing and looking ahead to this weekend's fixture with Gloucester. Yeah, relatively happy. Um, it's, it's a different mindset with regards to, you know, when you've got a team like Racing with Finn Russell at 10 uh, and the stadium they normally play at in France, they play a certain brand of rugby. Um, Gloucester, you know, they play in the Guinness Premiership um, it's a different game. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis on the set piece. The nature of the tournament is different, so they're going to have they're going to be a lot more um, focused and more a lot more attention to detail in those areas. So they're a very good mauling team. Um, you know they rely on that to, to in uh, territory kick penalties etc. As well as the scrum as well. You know so they're coming from the background of. Of, of set piece domination being first and foremost in their minds so our challenge up front is is going to be a little bit different and I dare say a little bit greater um, on Friday night. We'll hear from the Munster camp tomorrow as it relates to their body count after a five point defeat to Toulouse in the fog at Thelman Park yesterday. Tries from Matisse Labelle and Lucas Tozan helped the five time European champions to victory there. After the game Munster's head coach Graham Rountree gave his instant assessment to our own Tommy Rooney. A bit disappointed. Um, a tight game. Um, good to get a bonus point out of it against a class outfit like that. But we'll look at how we can take our opportunities better be, and be more clinical with opportunities presented. You must have been happy with the majority of the first half. You controlled a lot of the ball in the first 20 minutes. You're in the perfect position at half time. I suppose 10 points apiece. Um, how frustrated were you, were you at the start of the second half? I think it was less than 90 seconds. Right. Hugely frustrated. We spoke at half-time about winning the next 10 minutes because um, we felt we were doing some good things with the ball in hand, but then we give them immediate access to our five-metre line and we just we, we didn't deal with that more well enough and they broke out of that which and they scored a relatively easy try in the corner. What did you think the difference was? Um, in the first half, you controlled so much of the ball in the first 20 minutes. I think it could have been Toulouse's first time in the 22 and they had a try after 60 seconds. They could just switch it on, couldn't they? Yeah, they could. And, you know, territory second half, they probably bet- bettered as they have not seen the numbers, but we weren't great at being as accurate as they were when we were on their try line. Uh, we had opportunities uh, around our moor and we turned the ball over. That was a key moment. Uh, then we had a penalty against Gav Coombs at around 54 minutes when we were, we were challenging their breakdown then that puts us back that was another key moment There's been a nice feeling over the last couple of weeks a bit of momentum building you had a two wins back to back coming into this game um, I think the crowd was just shy of a, a sellout today in freezing conditions yeah. when the noise got going it got going how did you find it? You know, I was, was spoilt with the crowd 
you, you can feel the crowd. I mean, it was challenging conditions for everyone, players and the crowd. I mean, mate, we're still going. We're still going. We'll, we'll look at what we can do better and uh, we'll keep moving forward. Northampton away next week. What do you got to do in the next few days? Oh, we, we, we'll have a good look at what we can do better in terms of giving them access and a look, at, a look at our penalty count as well. But we'll keep looking forward, being positive. I want us to keep building because I can see what we're doing. We're challenging teams with the ball in hand in particular. And we'll look at how we can be more accurate when we get to their five metre line. Things get no easier for Ulster this week with the reigning European champions La Rochelle visiting Kingspan Stadium on Saturday. That match follows yesterday's humiliating 39-0 loss for Ulster away to Sale. By contrast, Ronan O'Gara's men ran in six tries in a 46-12 win over Northampton on Saturday. Speaking after the game, Ulster head coach Dan McFarland didn't want to blame the 1pm kickoff for his side's capitulation, but on this morning's OTB AM, Alan Quinlan told Jer and Shane that those early starts are rarely of benefit to travelling sides. And I just know myself, I would, like, that would, you know, be really, really stressful and, and unsettling for a team. You know, you think of one o'clock kickoff, so they're out at the airport at seven or half seven in the morning. I know, Those guys it, are probably up. It's only Manchester four, five though. O'clock in the morning. Like it's not. It's not. Like they had to go to South Africa. I I know. I know. But I'm just saying, Jer. One o'clock kickoffs. This is my own opinion. One o'clock kickoffs. Anyway, even if you're in a hotel, you're up at half eight, eight half eight, trying to have pre-match meals and stuff like that. Getting the right fuels in, getting the right food, all that kind of stuff. Didn't happen with Ulster, I'd say. Um, they're probably out at the airport at five o'clock in the morning, players trying to get organised. So, okay. Um, so, I, look, what I'm saying is they're better than that. We get a result 39 nil. That's that's pretty shocking. Um, so it has to have had an effect. Should they have been better? Absolutely. Are but, they a better team than that? Yes. Does it ask question marks about their mentality and not being able to generate a little bit of a chip on the shoulder with that stuff? Um, that's the problem I'm saying so we're saying there is problems but it had an effect yeah. and they, they've got to learn and, and be okay. able to deal with adversity better Connacht opened their Pool A account in the Challenge Cup with a 22 points to 8 win over Newcastle on Saturday evening the Western Province made 12 changes for that game and their director of rugby Andy Friend spoke to Go Bay FM's Rob Murphy I've spoken about it previously I, I, I think we've got really good depth within the squad and we've got to be brave enough to use that depth um, and it is a brave call. There would have been a lot of people scratching their head thinking, what are Connacht doing? They're coming up against a, a premiership side in a, in a Challenge Cup game. But you know, we gave opportunities and, and on the whole, I think the boys um, rewarded us with their performance out there. So uh, we'll see what we do next week. But yeah, I think there is there's genuine depth amongst the squad now. Do you see opportunity in this competition for shaping Connacht's season and story this year? I really do. And, you know, we... We've said we want to reach the knockout stage. That's a good step, that that one there. But also giving other players opportunity. Um, I think it's really important. And, you know, the, it's two wins in a row there now. Um, off the, you know, the tail end of the, the seven-game block, you know, we, fin- we, we finished up with the Scarlets win into a, an Ospreys win. So um, it'd be nice to make it three wins in a row. Yeah, just to finish, I mean, Connick win and Breathe, they have then play Breathe at home and Newcastle away four wins, maybe a couple of bonus points and you're looking at home advantage all the way through the tournament. That's the golden prize. Is that at the top? Is that in the back of your mind? Uh, it, it's it's not really, to be honest with you, Rob. Let's let's see what we do next week. Um, you know, we want to go over there to France and we want to win that game. So uh, if we can do that, then we can start to have a look at, at what that starts to look like.
Away from the provinces, we'll know by this time tomorrow the fate of French rugby president Bernard Laporte, as well as Laporte, French rugby sponsor Moed Altrad, former FFR Vice President Serge Simon and ex-2023 World Cup Chief Claude Acher are awaiting the verdict, which concludes a five-year investigation. Laporte is accused of unlawful taking of interest, passive influence peddling by a public official, passive bribery by a public official, concealment of misuse of corporate assets, breach of trust and misuse of corporate assets. They claim Laporte received €180,000 from Altrad in exchange for favourable decisions. Prosecutors have also been seeking three-year prison terms for each involved, with two suspended. A guilty verdict would, of course, have consequences for World Rugby 2, with whom Laporte is vice chairman. Altrad is also the owner of Montpellier, while Acher was relieved of his duties as head of the 2023 World Cup organising committee following accusations of misconduct. Acher subsequently claimed he was the victim of a media witch hunt. Judge Rosemarie Uno is due to deliver her verdict at 1.30 Paris time tomorrow, 12.30 in Dublin. Finally, Premiership Rugby is proposing restructuring to mitigate against similar issues which have arisen this season. Worcester Warriors and Wasps have run aground financially, leading to both being suspended and relegated to next season's championship. The Times report that a new independent sporting commission is to be created at the head of Premiership Rugby. This would essentially replace the system, which has seen competing clubs being consulted individually on all major decisions. The commission will not be in place, however, to decide if the 2024-25 English top flight should be a 10- or 12-team competition, but an independent financial monitoring panel will also be established to ensure problems like those of Worcester and Wasps are not repeated. Speaking of those stricken clubs, the RFU has given them more time to find new owners. Today was the deadline initially given to the sides to have completed a sale or not be allowed to play in the Championship next season. However, final decisions on both are still expected prior to Christmas. That's it for today's Rugby Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the OTB Rugby feed and to lavish us with all of that positive feedback. My name is Richie McCormack and we'll have more Rugby Daily for you tomorrow.